0: Welcome back to the Great Data Golf Show, everybody. This is episode four of the podcast. We appreciate all of you listening in, and we're going to continue to keep bringing great content your way. Last episode, we talked about power and the importance of it. We talked about driver setup, You know what should your stance look like, grip setup, some different factors to pay attention to mm-hmm. with your tee shots, and how to optimally enhance your distance, which will... Bridge the gap and get more to the training side of things with today's episode. But first up, we've got John Rahm on an absolute tear. Some quick numbers for you, Matt. He's top seven in all five starts. Three of those are Ws. He's 9,300 power in 20 rounds. His scoring average is 67.1, and he has over nine million dollars earned so far all this according to golf digest, what would you relate this streak to in the history of golf thus far?
1: So obviously I think it was a couple episodes ago. I said he kind of had that look like he was going to go on a tear and he's kind of continuing right now. As far as the history of golf, you know, I think it's probably maybe one of Tiger's like later runs. Um, you know, nothing compares to his run of being number one in the world. Um, might never see that again, but I think later in Tiger's career, what was it 2013? Um, he kind of got on a little mini run that year, one player of the year, kind of coming back, um, you know, really looked like he was going to come back. Didn't get a major victory in there, but had a bunch of W's, um, I think John Rahm does add majors. You know, he's right in the heart of his career right now and in the prime. And you know, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like if he's on his game that someone could beat him. But you know, we'll just see if he can kind of stay on top of his game here. But that's kind of what I would relate it to in the history of golf.
0: Yeah, he looks absolutely dialed in. He's obviously taken back the number one spot away from scotty after he supplanted himself back there after the waste management open so are you going scotty rory or rom for say we fast forward to the end of the season and we have the three of them in a race for the top of the fedex cup at the very end with the championship there on the line and we have say all three of them in a
1: final matchup on sunday yeah
0: who are you taking
1: I'm going Ram. Uh I love Rory. I love his swing. Um, you know, but a lot of times that putter kind of lets him down. You know, and Ram is just pretty solid across the board right now. There's not a lot of weaknesses in his game that you can just point to. Like, you can kind of point to Rory with the putter. You know, how's that going to go? Is he going to be hot or cold there? Where Ram is just pretty much... He's been really good, and and his approach, I think I saw his approach shots, like strokes gained, were out of this world. So he's hitting it really well. I think Rom of those three is the one that I would pick.
0: I would have to go that route, too, but it'll definitely be something interesting to see, you know, once we get there. We also had a Tiger Woods sighting. He made the cut after they moved it. He finished under par. and had his best finish since 2020. Do you think yes or no? Things are looking up for
1: him. I think things are absolutely looking up for him. Um, You know, the guy was basically people were saying, is he ever going to play again to, you know, after coming back, you could visibly see that he's struggling with it. We all know he's still struggling with it. He's openly said, but you know, the swing looks good. He was powerful. I think the hardest thing is going to be for him and will be for the rest of his career is, you know, he's got to walk, he's got to walk those golf courses and that puts a big strain on what he particularly has to deal with. He can make the swings. He's proving that he's super powerful. I mean, we all saw him slip the tampon to Justin Thomas, um, which Which I I love that. (laughs) I love that. So the old man, the old man can still do it. Right. Um, as far as his swing goes but can he walk can he hold up because it's a long four days and as you get into majors the masters is a tough golf course to walk even though he knows it really well u.s opens are notoriously tough um so that's going to be the biggest thing but yes things are looking up i think they're looking as good as they can right now for tiger
0: and it's great to have him involved too and um You know all the guys on tour obviously look up to him and he still has a huge you know gravitational pull within the sport and it definitely always makes things a little bit more interesting something i've been dying to talk about on the show is this whole patrick reed versus rory uh you know fiasco and it just kind of has me thinking like who are you taking in a street fight between those two
1: and why oh patrick reed (laughs) Uh, taking Patrick
0: Reed?
1: I'm taking Patrick Reed for sure because Patrick Reed is going to do whatever he needs to do to uh, to take the win. In a I feel like
0: he'd fight dirty.
1: Of course he would. <laughs> of course he
0: would. You know, hopefully he doesn't sue me for defamation for saying that. But. No,
1: I don't think he's coming after us. But, you know, I... I get a kick out of it. I don't know what they're trying to drum up. I always, I always think that there's something else going on behind the scenes. Like we're going to see a Live versus PGA thing sometime, and we're trying to start it up already. But I guess that remains to be seen.
0: Plus, I mean, I love, I love both of them, and uh, I think Reed's going to have a good year with Liv this year, and Rory's obviously going to be in contention as always. But it has me thinking about like a not Live versus PGA in golf. But a live versus PGA like Royal Rumble, old school WCW style. Yeah. We're like, okay, you're gonna start with like your lesser known guys in the ring, like you might have like Peprez in there with, you know, somebody like Charles Howell the Third and maybe some other PGA guys, like, you know, throw them in there like Tony Finau and uh you know, somebody else, maybe like Cam Young or something. And then all of a sudden you're gonna have the big names coming in as things pile up. You're gonna have, you know, on the live side, you've got DJ, you've got Reed, you got Cam Smith, you got Bubba, you've got Phil, Sergio, you've got Bryson, and you got Brooks. And then on the PJ side, you've got Rory, you've got Scotty, you've got Rom, you've got Tiger, you've got Morikawa, Cantley, You got Homa. which side are you taking in a Royal Rumble
1: wrestling style? So live versus PGA. So this is so funny because a friend of mine and I always have this conversation about um, like how back in the day, WWF kind of like ruled wrestling. Right. And WCW came out of nowhere and they started doing um, things that they only used to do on pay-per-view for WWF. So it's kind of cool that we're doing this comparison. Um, I'm going, I'm going the live side on this one for the Royal Rumble. Um, cause I'm going to compare Bryson to like Brock Lesnar, as far as like in comparison to all these guys right here. And he's just going to come in and start throwing people out of the ring. So that's what I'm saying is going down. I'm saying live side for Royal Rumble. And I'm kind of also sick of going on Instagram and all these different social medias and you read the comments and. They're so diverse and um, uh, I feel like people are just like dismissing live as like these guys are all washed up and they're nothing but I just don't see that. I mean you've got some young guys they've got talent. I know it may not be the depth of the PGA field but we got to remember live is what in its second year and they've already got you know you've got guys like Cam Smith, DJ, the world ranking thing we should talk about because that's a real issue right now for these guys that I think they're going to feel squeezed on and they should absolutely be earning world ranking points because of these events are going to be so difficult, but um, that's another conversation completely for a different time. I just had to get that off my chest. Um, But yeah, I'm going live side in a Royal rumble.
0: Plus they just got the notification that this week that they will be involved in the open championship. Yeah. They should have this as a side event because I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go live side as well because I feel like we have a little bit dirtier fighters on that side maybe. But I do have this sense of where, you know, Tiger is going to come rushing out like Hulk Hogan old school and just had this massive streak of tossing guys out of the ring left and right. And then you're going to have Rom jumping off the ropes and giving people the people's elbow and some, you know, DDPs or something like that.
1: I can see Um, that.
0: but I do see Bryson and Rom being kind of like the final two standing and might be like, you know, death cage match and, you know, hitting each other with chairs and stuff like that. And I think it would come down between Rom and Bryson at the very end of the Royal rumble. But, um, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go live side as well too, um, if we're talking about a wrestling factor. But it's just something that should that should absolutely go down at the open championship just to kind of settle it for once and for all. We should
1: see it. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm more interested in this than you know them going off you know just on (laughs) golf aspects. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know this is kind of a good segue because you know in something like that you know power would be really really important. And last week we talked about. You know setup as an important factor with you know driver setup and things that enhance that and the importance of it because obviously the more distance you have in your shot off the tee the more advantageous position it puts you in so now we're going to kind of talk and flip and yeah talk about training aspect which i know you had some questions on
1: absolutely so as far as training goes we're talking about power we're just talking about bryson throwing people out of the out of the wrestling ring he's obviously created and learned how to create lots of power we've all seen what he's done you know with his body but you know it's one thing to just look at somebody it's another thing to go through okay like what is he working on like what are the factors that are really going into creating power? Cause I think a lot of people are, um, kind of stumped by that, or they might think they know, but they don't quite know. So what are some of those factors that lead to creating power?
0: So when we're talking specifically about power, we're talking about work over time, right? So we want the, the ability to be able to generate, you know, more speed, more force in a qu- quickest, shortest amount of time as possible. And everybody's going to have, you know, different posturing setups and uh, different way that they train. And, you know, in the day and age that we live in with social media, like a lot of people like to get as fancy as possible. But we want to keep things as simple as possible when it comes to, you know, our opposite ends of the spectrum. We have skill work. We have technique work. On the other side of the spectrum, we have our physical training. So factors we really like to look at for enhancing power, we're looking at number one, total force output. And that's going to lend itself a little bit more towards max strength. We're going to look at rate of force development. So how quickly can we tap into our fast twitch fibers and our our fast twitch motor units, our higher threshold motor units to be able to produce force at a very quick rate. And then the other two we're going to look at is mobility. Because mobility is going to come into play with how good of rotation do we have like how good is our setup posturally, and then greater mobility is gonna allow us to use what's called our stretch shortening cycle, which we'll get into in a little bit here. And then the other one is stability. Stability is an important component because we wanna have motion where we want the motion, We don't, but we don't want there to be any energy leakage. And we wanna be stable where we wanna be stable, um, which is really important in the swing. So when we talk about first wanting to enhance mobility, Mobility is going to lead to better setup posture, but if we have an increase in hip and thoracic rotation, which is really important in the swing, obviously, we also need pelvic and trunk stability within that factor in order to maximally disassociate our trunk from our pelvis. But the more mobility and the more rotational capacity that we have, we're going to think about there's going to be a Potentially much faster and much longer stretch. So if I'm rotating into my back swing and I'm able to rotate further And disassociate trunk and pelvis from further Right, we're gonna be talking a little bit more about like our stretch shortening cycle there Because what's gonna happen is that as we're rotating back the muscles that rotate us back and help us disassociate if we have greater mobility and a greater stretch there we have greater potential for more stored elastic energy as we're coming back into that stretch, and greater potential for us to snap back a little bit heavier, like a rubber band, so to speak, because we're going to have greater potential uh, capacity of generating more force, more power, more speed. So the stretch shortening cycle—the real simple way to think about it is: let's talk, let's say, like a jump, mm-hmm. right? Yep. If you're going to jump up to go get something or grab something, or you're just doing a vertical jump test or something like that. You have your eccentric phase which is our lengthening phase where all of the energy to then push and explode back up towards the sky is going to be you know kind of passively stretch as we're into that downward motion say we'll call it our squat right as we're in that downward motion we're having elastic energy being built in the muscular tendon and ligaments and that's going to stretch and then we're going to have what's called our amortization phase our amortization phase in a very simple nutshell is gonna be the time between that eccentric phase where we're lengthening and storing that energy and the concentric phase which is when you're actually pushing and driving the ground and exploding upward so we want that amortization phase to be as short as possible because the longer that phase lasts the more energy we lose so we also want to be really good to be able to quickly decelerate between those phases because that'll allow us to utilize as much force as possible so say i just squatted down and then i stayed there right all that energy that i stored up elastically going downward is going to be gone yeah versus if i went down and i bounced right back up again like a pogo stick right i am using that that elastic energy as i'm going to stretch same thing with the golf swing if i come to the top of my back swing and i stop right I've dissipated all that force that I built up on that stretch. I've yeah. lost that potential versus if I create that great amount of rotation and that stretch through my obliques, through my hip rotators and I get to the top and I snap it back like a rubber band down in my downswing, like I'm going to use that elastic energy that's stored up on that stretch. And I'm going to be able to have greater potential force, greater potential power. But the greater stretch we have and speed of stretch, like that's also, really really important there which is why mobility can kind of help us at the same time get greater potential for greater power so that's important the other things we want to talk about with that not just mobility is just from a force output perspective like we want to be able to apply as much force as possible into the ground which if you look at most research that has looked at it up to this date right, there's the greater the increase in your squat RM or repetition maximum or vertical jump capability, there is a correlational increase in your general swing speed. So, increasing our ability to produce a greater total amount of force and how quick of a rate we are able to ramp up and produce that high level of force is of crucial importance for golfers, which is why, you know, if you spend all your time just swinging you know harder and harder and harder you're doing a bunch of technique work like that's not gonna really benefit you versus if you spent more time in your physical training getting stronger, getting your hips stronger getting your legs stronger and we want to be able to focus on that because if we get squat stronger we get hinge stronger we get deadlift stronger we get all those basic movement patterns stronger we're going to be able to generate more force into the floor which is then going to lead itself into higher swing speeds and with that you may have guys that are more strength dominant but lack speed and you may have some guys that are more speed dominant but they lack strength and force So this is why like it's also important to kind of profile guys and gals and you know golfers from all different backgrounds to actually see you know what do they need more of because strength and power kind of play will play off of one another and it's important to be able to kind of you know, see what each individual needs. Cause like for myself, like I have good force output. I need more speed work. Mm-hmm. So lighter loads, higher velocities and moving in those lighter loads at high velocities versus somebody might have the speed and the power but they lack total force output. Like they might have to work heavier loads, lower velocities and improving that total force
1: output into the floor. Um, yeah. So I was gonna ask <clears throat> it as we, as we dive into this, you know As you see and are seeing more and more golfers come in now, what are you noticing? Or by the sounds of it, are we seeing kind of it really is dependent on the person of what they're lacking?
0: It's definitely dependent on the person of what they're lacking. We have guys that have deficits in, you know, thoracic mobility, shoulder mobility, hip mobility. We need to improve that first because if they can't get into the correct posturing, Throughout the different phases of their swing, like them doing skill work and different drills with you, like their body can't even get there. And then that's what potentially leads to, can lead to injury, right? And it doesn't allow them to be as fast or strong as they possibly can throughout the different phases of the swing. But we also have guys that are really, really strong. One in particular, I can think of like his strength numbers are off the chart. Yep. And he can absolutely mash the ball. But his speed is really low. Yeah. So we have him training with higher velocities and lighter loads so that he's getting more of a power output and speed factor involved with it. And we have guys that are really, really fast, but they need to get stronger. Absolutely. And we're doing, you know, more lower velocity, higher force output type of work. So it really depends, but that's why it's important to be assessed and have that profiling done. But consistently across the board, yeah, everybody should have their own unique profile and their own unique training program specific to their needs because it's always going to be a little bit different golfer to golfer.
1: Absolutely. So, okay. I think we're getting deeper into what golfers need and and how everybody's a little bit different. From a couple things there that you talked about on the mobility side is making sure that you're – that would be almost a prerequisite, right? To creating strength
0: in some. Yeah. Ways. You want to be able to own your own range of motion, right? Yeah. Your joints should be able to assume positions that they can get into because position will ultimately dictate function. Yeah. And if you can't move well, like we need to be able to move really efficient as well too. Yeah. And mobility is a prime importance with that. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, yes. So, okay. So what would, um you know, what would kind of like a good all around training program for a golfer kind of consist of? What are some of those factors?
0: So I think this is the perfect thing about what we do at Great Data Golf here. And it's gonna have to consist of factors on both ends of the spectrum, right? Not just golf skill training and physical, um, let me back up, not just like golf skill training and things to perfect your swing but also physical training to maximize the different factors we just touched on. And we want to focus simple over complex It's going to conquer all else, but you don't need all this noisy, fancy, you know, one legged exercises and cool stuff that you see, you know, circulating, you know, social media. Cause a lot of people just try to be way too fancy when in actual reality, like we're going to do the simple stuff savagely well, over and over and over again. We're gonna do jumps, we're gonna do throws, we're gonna do rotational throws, we're gonna do squats, we're gonna do deadlifts, we're gonna do rows, we're gonna do presses. We're gonna do stability mobility work for frontal, sagittal, and transverse planes. And we're gonna perfect that and get really, really good at it over and over and over again because there is some skill involved with all of that. And we wanna get really, really good at doing those simple things, like I said, over and over and over again. Just doing random stuff all the time or doing this 30 minutes of this fancy thing this day and then this day, like it's not all regimented together to help you specifically. Like we got to do those simple things. So don't get fancy. Like we're going to hit all our anatomical planes really, really well, depending on who the person is. And we're going to develop our strength, our stability and mobility in those planes of motion as much as we can. And that's, what's going to help carry over into the swing. I'm not going to sit there and do, you know, some fancy, you know, cool exercise on a BOSU ball or something like that. When I could get a lot more bang for my buck just by helping golfer A or B improve their, you know, one to five rep squat repetition maximum, getting them stronger than their squat. Like that ultimately is going to lead to them improving greater force output, greater speed in their swing. And that's going to help them overall a lot more versus, you know, doing some fancy exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's not overcomplicate things and that's keep things as simple as possible. And that's why it's, it's really important to be able to get assessed and work with a coach and, or have two coaches like ourselves that work on opposite ends of the spectrum and kind of communicate between them and, I will also say it's it's no surprise that the guys at the top of the tour right now, like your like your Roms, they're also the ones that perform the best inside the gym as well, too. And they're
1: the strongest in the gym, like they are. Yep. And Absolutely. there's no way around that. So it's a, uh, it's interesting hearing you say that from the fitness perspective, talking about simple over complex. It goes the same for golf, right? on the social media train, like you'll see different, you'll see guys dropping the club, like shallowing the club in in wild ways and just doing some crazy drills, having five training aids attached to them at one time. Um, Simple over complex is huge. I won't go into all those details. We're going more on the fitness side. One thing I wanna touch on guys, if you're watching or haven't watched the Netflix series, um, Full Swing, definitely tune in. What you'll see in every single episode so far is you're seeing these guys, all of them. They're getting in the gym. They're working with their swing coach. They're doing it all. They're not just doing one thing. And that's the biggest thing that if I could stress it is obviously you need to be consistent in what you're doing and routine, but you need to be doing both. You've got to be working on your body as well as your swing. If you're not, you're missing the, the biggest, um, the biggest unlocking mechanism for your game that you've got. If the best players in the world are taking the time to work on their body, then we need to be doing the same. Absolutely.
0: And I don't have Netflix, but I got, sounds like I got to at least get it just for this documentary series. It's a great one. Um, Alright, quick lightning round. Cool. F Mary Kill. To some partner. Whew. We've got Tiger. We've got Jack. And we got Mr. John Daly. F1 one, Mary one kill one.
1: Yeah. Alright, we're making it harder here for sure. <clears throat> so I oh. This is going to sound bad, but F Daly, Mary Tiger killed Jack. And it kills me to say that, but the only reason is I've met Jack already. Um, So I've I've got to talk to him, had lunch with him, like already got to meet him. So the other two haven't been so fortunate. And and I think John Daly would just be wild. So that's what I'm going with.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm going to... It's a, it's a definitely a tough one uh i'm going to marry uh i'm going to marry <laughs> tiger from a knowledge standpoint because mm-hmm. i value that over everything else yeah i'm going to f john daly because for one good solid round yeah. it's going to provide a lot of entertainment <laughs> and uh unfortunately they can kill jack but i could go i could swing that either three ways with those Next one, ChatGPT. Sure. What crazy stuff is this AI thing pumping out? I do not trust (laughs) robots.
1: Let's go down the AI train again. Um, I'm sure we've all heard of ChatGPT by now. Maybe not, but um, it seems to be gaining in popularity. I am not going to read the entire answer that this shot out, but how can your phone improve your golf game? So there are several ways that your smartphone can improve your game swing analysis apps are one, the score keeping apps, golf GPS apps, online tutorials, virtual reality, that's kind of scary, virtual reality from your cell phone, and then fitness and training apps. So lots of different ways to use your smartphone to improve your game according to ChatGPT.
0: Whatever. <laughs> still, still not gonna trust them. <laughs> Real quick, one name, Live, Mexico, starting this weekend on Friday. Who are you taking?
1: I'm going to go Cam Smith out the gate this week.
0: Cam Smith. All right. I am going to go uh, Dark Horse. I'm going to go Taylor Gooch. Good one. Don't know why, but I'm going to just say it. And uh, we have a putting clinic coming up March 25th here at Great Data Golf. Registration, more details are on. Our website, GreatDataGolfMKE.com. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate all your guys' support. Please like, share with friends, colleagues, your golf buddies, your family members who are golfers, and share with them the show. And we'll keep this train moving and rolling on improving it for you all. And we appreciate you guys listening in. Thanks. Peace.